0: It is just disappointing to me that we still can't seem to get over the fact that someone chooses to go to a two-year institution for whatever reason and somehow that makes them less in the eyes of achieving higher education. I don't know why we um, peg institutions and quite frankly students with that kind of moniker.
1: I feel like going to a community college really prepares you and it helps you grow and because for some people school is hard and it's challenging and not everybody is book smart so having to help people who are willing to help you be great is was really fortunate and community colleges really help you with that
2: so my, my mom started at a community college and went on to earn a bachelor's and a master's degree um, I started at a community college and I ended up with five college degrees total my wife was well, went to two community colleges and has two certificates
3: Community colleges deliver the highest quality education for the most affordable price to everybody. Everybody. Anyone who wants to come to the college can. And we will meet you where you are.
4: Welcome to the hashtag NCC Stigma podcast project. I'm Steve Robinson, president of Owens Community College in Ohio, and this is episode four of our podcast dedicated to ending the unfair stigma placed on America's community colleges. This is a six-part series of podcasts due to the incredible response from people on social media using the hashtag EndCCStigma. The podcast is designed to amplify the voices of people from across the country who are working to create a more accurate view of community college and technical careers. On today's episode, we hear from community college students, proud alumni, and a pair of amazing college presidents from different areas of the country. Guests on this episode include Natalie Harder, Taylor Works, Bob Chicos, Shia Wheeler, Joe Blondin, and Richette Sweeney. We begin the episode with my conversation with Natalie Harder, the Chancellor of South Louisiana Community College. As with most of these interviews, I spoke with Chancellor Harder on the telephone. Well, I have the honor to be speaking with Natalie Harder, who is the Chancellor of South Louisiana Community College. Natalie, how are you doing?
0: I'm great, Steve.
4: How are you? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. I'm happy to be talking with you, and thanks for making some time to have this discussion. You know, we've connected over Twitter, and you are interested in this effort to push back against stigma, against community college. What is it that resonates with you about this effort?
0: Well, uh, you know, having more almost 20 years in higher education and community colleges, it is um, just just disappointing to me that, that we've decided that we still can't seem to get over the fact that someone chooses to go to a two-year institution for whatever reason. And, and somehow that makes them less in the eyes of, of, uh, achieving higher education. I, I don't understand it. I don't know why we, um, we peg institutions and quite frankly, students with with that kind of moniker, when the fact is that, you know, we have so many students that come to community colleges for so many reasons, and isn't it awesome in an age where we need more education and training that they've chosen to do it at all?
4: Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. We share that view, and I I agree completely. So, in in your experience over your career, have you seen any examples of that kind of thinking, that kind of stigma in action? Where you could describe it? What wh- where have you seen this?
0: Well, I unfortunately still see it very clearly to this day, because I would say a month does not go by where I am not in a public venue where someone says, well, they can always go to South Louisiana community college because they're not ready for real college. Or since not everybody's college bound, Natalie, they can go to your school. It's unbelievable to me that there's still that mindset that we are, first of all, we're not even a college. Uh, And some of that has to do with the history of how higher education came to be in Louisiana. But the fact is that somehow these folks are less than. Uh, and you probably know, Steve. You can't be a good welder unless you're good at math. That's right. So uh, there are a lot of um, a lot of the things that people talk about in terms of skills and, and education that are inherent in, in the in the uh, vocational training that we do. So I I just don't I don't get it. But unfortunately, I hear it all the time, and then I just gently remind people. We have the the word college in our name for a reason. We are a college, uh, and the fact is that we meet students where they are, and proud of the fact that we take everybody. We have from valedictorians, quite frankly, for our institution where we do adult basic education. The high set we have adults with third grade education, and and we are we we hold that flag high every single day.
4: Well, you keep holding that flag high, and you know when you were talking, I was thinking about conversations I've had that are very similar, and it's about the same frequency, Natalie. I was uh, at a uh, recently at a at a at an event where uh, another academic from uh, a, a a kind of an elite to uh, four year school said, you know, I really wanted uh, my uh, nephew to go to York college because he wasn't ready for regular college. (laughs) So I had the same, same experience. And I was going to ask you what you do. And what I hear you saying is that you gently, uh, but politely push back in real time. Right.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I tell them guys, this isn't an argument about a two year versus a four year. Right, and like the, the point right now is we have got to get a culture where everybody understands you have to go to college doesn't mean you have to get a degree but you have to go on beyond high school in order to be self-sustaining and contribute back to your community so i just yeah i'm very upfront about i'm not sure where you got that understanding that we are not a college but we are a college and then i go on to say the bigger issue is not you know delineating within colleges the point is everybody's got to go to college
4: well uh Amen to that. that. That's a great way to handle it. And, you know, you, you alluded to something that is a point of pride, access and taking folks who are high accomplished, uh, you know, academics, valedictorians and folks who are coming from a long way back. But one question I have for you, clearly you've devoted your, your career to this. You're passionate about it. What makes you proud to lead a community college and to, and to work at a community college?
0: You know, I think my pride comes from the, the fact that we, my, my family, my SLCC team, knows that they can make or break the future of the people they grocery shop with, that they sit next to in church, who are their neighbors. And so they work doubly hard to ensure that these students are successful. I, you know I'm I, I have a doctorate you have a doctorate I've been and I've only ever gone to four-year institutions and to be um, at an institution now where it is all about the outcome of the student it's all about taking the student from where they are to where they want to be it are, are a set of conversations that probably wasn't my experience uh, at least in my undergraduate experience and it's so, To see folks, you know, just give it that extra elbow grease because they know the student that is struggling or they know the student that is hesitant or afraid or concerned or can't get to the can't get to class because they can't find a sitter. I mean, I have so much pride in how hard our folks work to better their community. It's just it's just breathtaking sometimes.
4: Well, wow, that's very inspirational to hear you talk about the employees at your institution and your team because, you know, I can, I can hear the passion in your voice. Those folks make a difference in the lives of the people they, they share a community with, don't they?
0: They do. And, you know, Steve, it's not just – they don't just change one life. I mean, there, there so many students stick with me. So we have a non-destructive testing program, and I met a man in his, in his mid-30s with six kids. He job, hop, job, hop, job, hop. You know, now he's on a non-destructive testing program. The average student graduates, excuse me, a student graduates, and their average first-year income is $56,000 a year. And you know what he said to me as we were talking? Hmm. You can be darn sure, that's not what he said, that all of my kids are going to college. Hmm. And he wasn't mincing words about a real college, not a real college. All he knew was that the education and training he got at our college meant it was going to be different for his entire family and now all of his expectations all his kids were going to go to college even though nobody really had that expectation of him so and, and you know steve i mean you're there at graduation and you have multiple generations graduating that night it it is it's just the most you become so thankful you have the opportunity um to help people when they want to better themselves
4: yeah, I'm just nodding vigorously, listening to you describe that because those of us who work in in America's community colleges, that's what keeps us going. That's the gas in our tank, right? We can see yeah. we can see the difference it makes in people's lives, and, uh, and 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 that is a special thing to be a part of. So let me ask you one more question, uh, Natalie. You and you're probably in this situation fairly frequently, so you. You understand the value of our institutions. You're passionate about it. Your team is passionate about it. Uh, imagine that you have an audience of folks who who maybe harbor some misconceptions about community colleges or really don't understand the role that we play. What, what would be your value proposition, your kind of elevator speech to that group to consider community college?
0: Right. So I, I, I always talk about the access piece because you know I'm so proud of of us not putting barriers up to success. I talk about the affordability piece. I talk about the ability to change your mind in terms of what you want to be, and not having significant um, significant negative consequences because of either cost or time. So our institution, we have a number of starts every year. So it's not like if you miss a class in the fall, you have to wait till the next fall. I talk about our connection to business and industry. Many of our programs, um, we have uh, strong advisory committees where we can connect you with employers. And I also talk about the fact that, you know, we are, we uh, have the ability to, to step you, to ladder you in a way that allows you to work and go to school at the same time, if that's what you need to do, and you know you can talk about the transfer piece of it. There's just so many, so many reasons why community college makes so much sense, regardless of of who you are and, and where you are. You know, sort of in your career or, or life trajectory. So, I, I, I probably would be hard pressed to do it in an elevator uh, because I get so excited about it. But I think you can, you can pick whatever it is that would float that person's boat and community colleges have it covered.
4: Yeah, well, I think you hit a lot of our top points, right? And I, I would imagine that, that that group would be really receptive to that message. So you've been in Louisiana for a little while. Have you seen uh, any kind of change in these viewpoints about our institutions over the years you've been there?
0: So I think there's more recognition now. For the work that community colleges do, and I, in a couple of very important ways, number one, our the number of partnerships we have with business and industry has exploded over the last few years, right? As business and industry are, are, are maybe saying, you know what, I want a person with this skill, not necessarily this degree, they turn to community colleges because we can demonstrate that with industry-based certifications, and I know you do a lot of that at your place. The other piece that I would say is that four-year institutions, as they they are competing for, at least in our case, a smaller high school population class, they're saying, well, how can I fill the seats of juniors and seniors? Hey, I need to improve my transfer agreements um, with community colleges, because in Virginia, unfortunately, you have to do it program by program and institution by institution. So you can't do it you know, across systems, even you have to do it. So, you know, I have to take my business program and have a two plus two with 20 other institutions. Right. And then Uh, there's a
4: big matrix you have to do. That's like an exponent factor of how many times you have to do that to get your students to where they want to go.
0: Yeah. Which is, which is, you know, unbelievable to me, Mm -hmm. you know, but because in my mind, if a student graduates from us they've already proven themselves academically they've already proven themselves to be committed and that they can finish something. Mm-hmm. I think the four years ought to be scholarship in our students like crazy at that point because they're gonna help they're gonna help the, the four-year graduation and completion numbers but. Uh-huh. I get a little
4: biased. Yeah, you know? of course we are biased, but I think we're making progress. You put your finger on two yeah. things I think are really important. One is we do have a lot of great allies in industry and business because I think they get it. I think that they, mm-hmm. I think that they know that those skills matter. And then I, I also think that we can, do, uh, we can continue to do a better job on the transfer piece by, by treating four years as allies, that, that we're a great pipeline of well-prepared juniors, who are going to graduate? Yeah. yeah, well, Natalie, thank you so much for talking with me. I really appreciate you uh, adding your voice to this effort to end the stigma against community colleges, and it was really great to connect with you.
0: Well, thank you so much, Steve, and I appreciate the energy you're putting into into trying to help people have a have a certain negative mindset. I really appreciate that.
4: No, well, it's a lot of fun. Thanks a lot, Natalie. Well, I'm super excited to be talking to Taylor Works, who is a psychology major at Community College. Taylor, thanks for talking to me. Thank you. So, what do you like about being a Community College student?
1: Well, I like that it gave me a second chance, because I've been to schools before this and it didn't really work out for me, Um, but I got a second chance here at Owens, and I think it's a great experience. Um, I'm able to focus on my work more, and uh, it's not so costly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm able to um, make things work and have time management with school and basketball as well. Um, So it's pretty good for me. I like it. I love it. That's
4: great. So talk to me about Second Chance. What was different this time?
1: Um, Well, I wasn't as stressed out, and I had way more help here. Um, It's not a lot of help when teachers have a million students. They probably don't even know you by name. They if you miss a class, they probably won't recognize it. Uh as far as um students, everybody is for themselves. Mm-hmm. They like if I'm passing, then I don't care. Like I'm I don't care. But when I came here, um the teachers usually know you by name. Mm-hmm. They know you personally. Uh, you miss a class, they will more than likely reach out to you or one of the coaches. Um, You have people who help you do everything as far as financial aid, um, getting homework done, getting tutoring, even, like, if you are struggling at home or with rides or eating or anything, like, there's help for everything, and I think that that's what's really great about it.
4: That's fantastic to hear. Have you heard people say anything negative or bad about community colleges?
1: Yes, I've heard a few things, um, Mostly because I'm an athlete, mm-hmm. and a lot of athletes walk around with a chip on their shoulder. Um, or their parents make them feel like they're too good to go to a community college. Or their friends or teammates make them feel like they're too good to go to a community college. But I feel like um, going to a community college really prepares you, and uh, it helps you grow. And not only in the sport, but in school as well. Because for some people... School is hard, and it's challenging, and not everybody is book smart. So having the help and uh, people who are willing to help you be great is was really fortunate, and community colleges really help you with that. And um, as an athlete uh going to community college first a juco is really great it was great for me i feel like if i didn't come here i wouldn't be as great as an athlete or a student because it helped me grow and i think i got better as a person as well
4: that's inspiring so if you had a group of people who are considering coming to a community college what would you tell them
1: i would tell them that would be the greatest idea that they could ever have honestly because um not only will it help you take your first step, but it will also help you be prepared for the next level and for, for a four-year and also help you figure out if school is actually for you. Because you go to a university and um, you fail, it's way harder to get yourself back together and get back on your feet, and it's also way more costly. Uh, but you go to a community college, you figure out what you what you want to do, you figure out your niche, and everything goes well. So go for it.
4: Thank you so much. They a great conversation. Thank you. Well, I am really happy to be connected to Bob Chicos, who is a uh, special education teacher in Crystal Lake in Illinois. How are you doing, Bob? Doing great. I am so glad you reached out to me because this hashtag we're using, NCC CC Stigma, really resonates with you and you reached out to me. It's great to be talking on the phone. What is it about this campaign that uh, that has you so energized and, uh, and, and interested in working with it?
2: Well, I think I've always had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder when, when it comes to community college stigma. I, I think a lot of people, they, they feel the, the need to justify paying a lot more uh, going away to college. Um, and they, by doing so, they, they, they put down community colleges because I think it's like a way for them to justify it. But my own experiences have been fantastic. And I have a couple of stories to kind of illustrate my experiences. Yeah,
4: I'd love to hear them because you you uh, have a lot of family members who have attended uh, community colleges. Tell tell me about this.
2: Sure. I'll start with my mom. So, my mom graduated from high school in the 60s. And she was an honor student, she loved going to school, and she wanted to go to college, but her parents are very traditional. And they didn't have a whole lot of money either, but they were very traditional, and they believe that woman's role was to find a husband and raise kids so she didn't start going to college until she was pregnant with me and she went to macomb community college in in michigan and she really enjoyed it she would take a class here and there and and when, when i was old enough she took me to the preschool and on my first day i had terrible separation anxiety and i was screaming and screaming and the the president of macomb just happened to be there at the time he just stopped by the the preschool and he saw me and he got down on his hands and knees and he was he was trying to entertain me and cheer me up and uh, I, I love that story. Because it really speaks about like how community colleges are. They it's really a a place where they it's like a family and I, I thought that story was so endearing
4: that's a great story you've inspired me we have a daycare on one of our campuses I got go uh, I gotta go play with the kids uh, but that's a great story so it, it's uh, it's like a family and uh, uh, what else you clearly have a real positive place in your heart for community colleges tell me something else
2: yeah so, um, so my, my mom is she she started at a community college and went on to earn a bachelor's and a master's degree um, I started at a community college and I ended up with five a college degrees total. My wife went to a community. Or she went to two community colleges and has two certificates. So, like, I did the transfer option. She did the the terminal degree. She got a certificate, mm-hmm. and she that's what her career now is is she's a massage therapist. I'm a very lucky man.
3: Fantastic.
2: Well, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> she, she got that that certification at a, at a community college, Harper College in Illinois. That's her career now, and she loves it.
4: Well, that's great. It sounds like that's had a huge impact on your family. And I. it's interesting to hear you say you had a chi- have a chip on your shoulder. I think a lot of us yeah. do about this stigma. Do, can you tell me about an example or some kind of uh, a place in your life where you've noticed the stigma come out?
2: Yeah, the, there are a few that come to mind. The first one was when I was in high school, the... the the, the kids were going away to college, always called the community college, which is the College of Lake County. they called the College of Last Chance. Ha ha ha. Um, uh, yeah. my, my family, we didn't have a whole lot of money, but education was really important to us. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't ashamed at all of going to community college, but that, that teasing really hurt. But I, I, I sort of had the last laugh because a lot of those people who made fun of me, I would see them the spring semester after they had like partied out of their four-year college. <laughs> so
4: Yeah, there's some kind of and tortoise in the hare story there, isn't there?
2: Yeah, exactly. And then there's a, a more recently, there's a educational historian. I, I really like his works. He's, he has a lot of good stuff, but I, I kind of differ with him on one area. He kind of demonizes community colleges. And he puts out statistics, and his statisticals say things like, so uh, people who start at a community college tend not to get a BA with as high frequency as those who start at a four year. But to me, it's really an apples and oranges argument because first of all, if you just take the over academic strength of people who start out different places. Well, the, a lot of the people who start at four year colleges, they would be successful regardless of where they started, right. whether it's a community college or a four year. And, um, a lot of people at community colleges, they're they're there for different reasons. They're a lot of them are just trying college out to see if it's for them, and if it's not for them, learn that at a at a, at a low cost place. There are uh, parents trying to get ahead in life; they have responsibilities like like taking care of their family members. Exactly, um, a lot of, you know socioeconomic advantages where people go away that. It, it, it's really an apples and oranges comparison. I, I think it's so. Really not fair
4: to the two. Yeah, and Bob, the other the other piece there is that the, the numbers really shift once this once students transfer. The, right, yeah, right, when yeah, when those, st- those
2: who get to that point, yeah, it's, it's they actually yeah, outperform native students. Exactly. That's that's why I've heard.
4: Yeah, yeah. So and, and well that's too bad and you know, in terms of the uh the, the nickname that your local community college has or had um, yeah. Most most of us do. Most most community colleges do have some kind of pejorative nickname. But I'm I'm glad you right. rose above that. And uh, so you you obviously are proud of your association with all these great community colleges. Um, you know, apart from having these great degrees, which is really important. Uh, what makes you proud to be uh, a community college graduate?
2: Well, I, I think it really is a community a college for the community. A, a lot of these four year colleges they they go crazy trying to recruit a diverse student body, but you, you just have that naturally at the community college. Mm-hmm. I I went to a high school that was uh, affluent, 90-plus percent white, and when I went to my community college, it was the opposite. I was in classes with people from different ethnicities, religions, people who were struggling financially, mm-hmm. military veterans. There were parents trying to move up in their careers, senior citizens with a whole lot of life experiences, kids who have been homeschooled in high school. But just working with all these different kinds of people really changed my outlook on life.
4: I'll bet. I'll bet. It seems like it might have changed your career path because you're a, you're a special education teacher. Um, did, when did you discover that calling? Where, where were you in your college journey when you figured out that's what you wanted to do?
2: Um, that was actually both before and after my college journey. When I was in high school, I was a volunteer for... Uh, classroom of kids with special needs.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I loved it, but I didn't pursue it in college. It, was, it wasn't until after college when I my, my first job out of college was at a facility for adults with disabilities. So then I I liked it, but it was pretty hard to, to support a family on a non-profit income. So I went back to school and I got my uh, certification. It, what's kind of interesting is, is the university where I went is it's essentially like a community college. It's Northeastern Illinois University, which up until about two years ago didn't even have dorms uh which oh, okay is a, very low cost place where a lot
4: of people they're just trying to move up in their life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, and there's and, a lot to be said about that, isn't there yeah yeah, and so um well, that's great, and first of all, thank you for that important work you're doing um you know, working with, uh, folks who are differently abled in, in high school is so important. Uh, and that experience that you had, uh, as a student, uh, it, my, I have a son who's doing that right now. He's, he's an aide in a, in a, in a special ed classroom and getting a lot out of it. So thanks for what you do. So, uh, you know, just a last question, if you were to, if you had a an assembled audience, who was open to hearing your viewpoint about community colleges and these great experiences that you and your family have had with them. What, what would you say to this group to overcome the stigma? How would you represent community colleges to this group of folks?
2: Sure. Um, I've actually been in some of these conversations. A lot of times it, um, when, when you ask somebody where they went to college, they'll, they'll say where they got their bachelor's degree. But I always say that I started out at the College of Lake County. Good. And more often than not, somebody from the group will say, hey, I started at a community college too. And then we'll, we'll get in the conversation and, and you'll hear all the benefits. We'll talk about the, the low class sizes, the teachers who are committed to teaching rather than research, the, um, and the low cost, how that, that was all essential in getting ahead in life. Then I'll also hear somebody who didn't go to community college, a lot of times they'll say, yeah, I, I kind of wish I did. <laughs> I would have saved a whole lot of money. But just the experience I had, like I I got involved in student activities and I I would also urge a lot of people who go to community colleges to to get involved because you you could go to college and just go to classes, which a lot of people need to do if, if they're working to, but get involved in stuff. I was in student government and I was asked to be a part of a search committee for a position they were hiring for. I learned how to work with a group. I learned how to build consensus. I, I never got that kind of experience when I went to a four-year university. I, I was just a number there. But in my community college, they they saw that I wanted to get involved, and they were, hey, let's develop some leadership skills in this guy.
4: Bob, um, that is fantastic advice. I mean, about the, uh, about getting engaged uh, to your school yep. because, as you mentioned, you know, many of our campuses are our commuter campuses and so it's some folks don't have the ability to get involved but to the extent that they can there are these rich experiences there are these great real life um, opportunities and so that's excellent advice the other thing i was just so inspired to hear you talk about how just by calling out your own community college experience in a in a conversation, it sounds like it has a bandwagon effect, and people pop up and say, "Oh yeah, I went there too," or "I I wish I would have done that." That's fantastic. Yeah,
2: yeah, and, and I'll, I'll talk about my own son because a lot of people they'll they'll say, "Well, you know, it's you know for me it was okay," but I wanted the best for my kid, and I believe it is the best for my kid. My my kid's a junior in high school, but he's actually graduating at the end of this year. He's he's pretty advanced. He's, wow. Um, I mean, he was 96 percentile on those PSAT. He's he's taken nine AP classes over the past two years. I, he's a really bright kid, and I don't fear at all for the quality of education. Cause I've you know I've seen it for myself that the quality is just as good at the community college. So, you know, when it comes to my own kid, yep. Community
4: colleges is great. I I love it because, you know, there, as you know, you know, and you know it as a parent and you know it as a student and a graduate, there are places for those high performing, high achieving students Mm -hmm. at community colleges. We have honors programs, we've got all kinds of great stuff. And if you take that extra step and can be engaged, you know, look at you, you were on a search committee. That probably prepared you for all kinds of stuff later in career. Bob, this it it is, helped me when I, I was interviewing
2: for jobs too.
4: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Bob, I, your, your enthusiasm about community colleges is infectious and, um, and, and I'm always infected with that, uh, that enthusiasm. So if it rubs off on me, it must be intense. I really appreciate, uh, the goodwill that you have for America's community colleges and the impact they've had on your family and, uh, anything else you'd want to share? Um, no, I think it's.
2: Pretty much it. I, you know, I just just kind of spotted off a lot of things that was on my mind. So,
4: well, I appreciate it, and you know, a lot of the folks that I've talked to have either worked at community colleges or they're um, they're currently a student there. The fact that our institution's made a lasting impression on you and and uh, and and led you to reach out to me really means a lot to us. So, thanks a lot. Keep keep having that cocktail party story where you tell your community <laughs> college and put it on your resume and tell everybody else to put it on their resume. No, we'll do. All right. Thanks a lot, Bob. You bet.
2: Thanks.
4: I'm really happy to be talking to Shia Wheeler, who is a community college student. What are you studying, Shia?
5: Uh, Psychology.
4: Psychology. Very, very cool. What do you like about being a community college student?
5: I like that it's not as stressful as a big college would be because there's not like hundreds of people in your class and there's only about 20 or so. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can just have that personal experience with your teacher. Like, you can go to them whenever you need to, and, like, you'll get faster replies than you normally would at a bigger college.
4: So when you were getting ready to come to a community college, did you ever hear anything negative or or bad about community colleges as as a destination?
5: Yeah, because being, like, a big athlete at my school, like, a lot of people were like, oh, you're just going to community college. Like, they downplayed it so much. But, like, you don't necessarily have to go to a big college to be considered a good athlete. Like, if I would have went to a big college, I probably would have just sat. Like, I like coming here and being able to, like, play and do what I needed to do.
4: And go to a national championship game. Yeah,
5: for two teams. It was a great experience.
4: Phenomenal. That's right, because you are are twice for you. Yeah. Phenomenal. So if there were a group of students, athletes or non-athletes, trying to decide whether they would go to community college or not, what would you tell them?
5: I would tell them it's a great stepping stone if you do want to go to that four-year college because it prepares you mentally and physically for athletes and non-athletes.
4: That's awesome. Shia, thank you so much for all you've done uh, this year, and thanks for talking to me.
5: No problem. Thank you.
4: Well, I am really happy to be having a conversation with my great colleague, Dr. Joe Blondin, who is the president of Clark State Community College. Joe, how are you?
0: I'm doing well. How are you doing?
4: Excellent. I'm doing great. And I'm delighted to be talking with you because you've been doing Twitter for a lot longer than I have. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're great on Twitter, but this social media campaign about community college stigma has resonated with you. What is it that uh, you connect with on this hashtag?
3: You know, I think the first thing I connected with was the simplicity of it and the honesty of it. I mean, uh, for somebody to to basically articulate we need to end community college stigma was revolutionary because in, in a lot of ways we talk about it or we talk around it and we say community colleges are awesome, community colleges are amazing, but then we find ourselves in the shadows and we find ourselves um, being diminished uh, in, in some capacities. For example, uh, when uh, folks particularly our peers uh, in, at four-year universities are speaking, uh, it appears that um, we we take a back seat, and I thought, you know, somebody finally had the courage to say, we need to end this stigma, and it's something I've believed in for, you know, my 26 years as a worker being higher education, because I know how hard community college students work, I know how hard community college faculty and staff work, and I know that our quality is second to none. So. I think the simplicity of the message and, frankly, the honesty of it, getting to the heart of what has been bothering us and just saying it um, was – revolutionary
4: well there are a lot of us revolutionaries out there so that's great and uh, mm-hmm. and 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 I, and I know this is something you've cared about through your career and I've heard you uh, deliver impassioned speeches about our the value of our institutions and I wonder you know, since you've encountered this in your career I mean you you're you're a community college president you teach in a doctoral program a lot of people listen to what you have to say but you have seen uh, a lot in our sector where can can you give me an example or an anecdote of this stigma in practice?
0: You know, I
3: can. Um, um, I had a student many years ago when I worked at a two-year college as I was the um, chief student officer. So I was in charge of student affairs and I'll never forget the student. I won't name her. Um, I'm still in touch with her and uh, mentor her. Um, but she was an amazing human being who walked into the student affairs office uh, to meet with folks to get signed up for classes. She said she'd been working up to it for a number of years um, because um, she didn't feel um, that she would be accepted at a four- year institution, but she wasn't sure uh, if she um, if she had what it took, to get a degree of any kind, mm-hmm. um, but she was, um, she had been told as many of our students, I mean, this is, this is nine out of 10 of our students have been told that they can't make it an education period, particularly at a four year university. And she was one of these, one of these folks, she had been living the stigma for many years. And in fact, Steve, she had been living this stigma for so many years that, and she informed me of this later uh, that, um, she was actually suicidal. Um, she, it it is, it's an incredible story. So she comes in, she registers, we get her registered, we pump her up. We say, you know, this is, this is before all of the focus on student success. Community colleges have been about student success forever? All right. And so we pumped her up. We Mm -hmm. said, we can't wait for you to be here. We've got childcare for you. You've got a little girl We're we've got this, you've got this. Just come back to, to school. We're excited. So she would she w- took her classes and would drop in from time to time. And she came back to me after a year uh, into her program, and she said to me, Dr. Blondin, I want you to know something, because I don't think that you knew it when I came in here. She said, but I sat out in that parking lot listening to all the messages that, uh, that I had been told my whole life about how unworthy I was. And I walked in. Here it was my last chance. She said this. I was thinking about going home and committing suicide. This was my last chance. And you folks in student affairs pumped me up. You got me with the right faculty members. This has been a total turnaround. And she goes, and I want you to know that that you changed somebody's life. You literally saved somebody's life. And I thought, and of course I, uh, you know, that's a very emotional thing to say to somebody. Yes. And and it and it was it was absolutely. Um, a life-changing moment for me as well. Um, and, and you know what? That community college experience changed the course of her life. She remarried. Her husband worked at our college. Um, and, and I'll also say this about her, which was just incredible. She got her bachelor's degree and is working on a master's degree. So we stopped that stigma in its tracks that every high school counselor or, or um, an ex-husband um, and, you know, I mean, countless people had told her that she wasn't worth it, period, and that there was and, – and, and she would say to me frequently, you know, I, I tell students my story because when they come in here, uh, they don't feel worthy of education, but in particular, um, they feel that there is some type of stigma even in coming to a community college. She goes, but what I tell them is it, it saved my life, and it will save yours.
4: So that is so I, powerful
3: it is it, it is a powerful story and um, and and I think about it especially when I'm having having a, a bad day I don't have too many bad days, maybe one a year <laughs> but when, I'm, when I'm having a bad day I think about her um, and she inspires me every day and she's still working I mean and, and also is that not the ideal person to work at a community college? I mean and so we have so many students here where, you know, sometimes in, in, when we're dealing with higher education, we'll say things like, well, it's not a, a life and death. We're not, we're not dealing in life and death. You know what? In some situations, we don't know that, but we are. We are intervening at a critical time, particularly for the adult learner, like she was um, in her mid-30s. I mean, we are, we are intervening in people's lives. Um, and in in such a positive way, and this is our story, and it should not be stigmatized. It should be celebrated.
4: Well, yeah, and boy, there's so much packed into that anecdote—a powerful, moving anecdote. But you're exactly right. Our work is life and death when you look at the bigger picture of social determinants oh, yeah. of health. And and one other yeah. thought: we, you know, we probably don't have enough time to go down this <laughs> avenue. But one thing you raise when you think about a very important issue like the national crisis we have with suicide in the United States, yeah. that is an issue that that uh, is also stigmatized. And the folks who are researching and, reading and and writing about suicide talk about the stigma of not being able to share the kinds of anecdotes you just did. So um, we make a lot of difference in people's lives across the board, whether it's big issues like suicide or opioids or ho- homelessness. So uh, what a great story. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, it, it comes out in the, in the passion that you speak with, Joe, but what is it that makes you so proud uh, to be at a community college?
3: You know, I'm, I'm proud for, of course, for the accomplishments of our students, uh, for working with um, a, um, such servant leaders uh, among the faculty and staff, I mean, um, it really and truly every day is a blessing to come to work with people who care deeply about um, moving individuals from out of poverty or into middle into middle class mm-hmm. lifestyle. I think that that is a- absolutely critical. To what we do every day, uh, whether it's in workforce development or transfer, so that that's what I'm passionate about. But I'm also, um, I mean, I'm not sure I could work in any other field, um, and I'm not sure I could work in any other area besides um, uh, the community college because of its it, it does have a unique mission mm-hmm. to meet people where they are, um, to to absolutely accept. 100% of any graduating class like I always say and um, and and we are I mean I always ask that question of our faculty staff and our faculty staff and community members and our board members and everybody um, what is wrong with being inclusive? I mean I, right. I don't understand why that why inclusion is stigmatized. Um, and so in other words um, the fact that we have um, I mean we have such diversity, I mean such richness on campus, I I am. I I would think people would be envious of working in such a um, a well resourced environment for inclusivity. So um, that is something that I cherish and can't imagine. There's there's nothing else that I could possibly do besides work in the two year sector because of that that focus on we want everybody in the pool.
4: <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I love that. I love that answer mostly because I, it sounded like I was interviewing myself. I feel the same way. I feel the exact same way. And, uh, and I, I guess that's what makes us cut out for the work that we do. So one yes. last question, Joe, and, and, and I'm, I'm sure that you're in this situation quite frequently as a college president and as a, as a faculty member in a graduate program. But imagine for a moment that you've got an audience of, of folks who might harbor, you know, misconceptions or, or stigmas about community colleges. And you've got the opportunity to devil- deliver our value proposition. What would you say about community colleges to a group like that?
3: You, you know, I would say that community, co- community colleges deliver the highest quality education for the most affordable price. To everybody, <laughs> everybody, we accept. Like I always say, we accept 100 percent of any graduating class. Anyone who wants to come to the college can, and and we will meet you where you are. So the value proposition is in both the quality and the affordability of what we do every day. I have people say to me on a regular basis, "I can't believe Doctor, let's say uh, Doctor Smith works at Clark State." and deliver such high-quality education, that individual should be somewhere else. And I'm like, where else? W- I mean, of course they're here. They're here delivering the high – you should not be surprised, um, hashtag NCC stigma, right. that we have outstanding faculty in our ranks that feel downright evangelical about the work that they do because they are part of this – of they want to be part of the – delivery of education and services to the least among us. So I really do not I, I I I definitely highlight our quality everywhere we go. And I always say this too. Our students could go anywhere. Our students our students could go anywhere. They succeed at Clark State because we wrap around them with services and provide a high quality of education. And then you watch them succeed at a four-year university at levels greater than the first-time, full-time student at a four-year institution, because they we have built around them not just a support system, but an academic, I mean, but academic excellence, and um, I mean, just a scaffolding of success. And so it really, it, it always really surprises me when people are when people are surprised by the quality of education we deliver because because of course our standards are high. Yeah. Our standards are as high as anybody's. And that's not because of accreditation. That's not because students need to transfer. And that's not because of federal financial aid. It's because we do the right thing by our students uh, every day. And we do it in an affordable way uh, as well. And so I think that the quality is something that I always highlight and I would also argue, is part of the NCC stigma.
4: Oh, I agree. I, I love everything you said. And what in and to that assembled group of people, it sounds like among all the things you hit, hitting that quality really hard and saying, why would you be surprised that people who yep. care about quality teaching uh, would would flock to an institution that's inclusive and that really can move the needle in their community? That's fantastic.
3: Right. And I've never once, Steve... Gone to a restaurant, and said, "I'm really surprised your food is good." I mean, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm going there. I mean, I've chosen to go there. Right. I expect a quality product, and that's what, of course, Clark State's going to deliver on. I'm not going to cut corners as a leader. I'm going to make sure that we have the absolute best. Do we? Do we make mistakes? Of course, every institution, every business does. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we're not totally focused. On the highest quality that our students can get, and um, and we've got great faculty and staff. I mean, we have, as we all know, we have the best.
4: Yeah, well, that we have the best. That I can't imagine a better ending point than to have you saying <laughs> we have the best. This has been a great conversation, Joe. Thanks for making time for me. Yeah, thank right. you. Yep. Well, the next person I get to talk to is Rochette Sweeney, who is a student here, a community college student. How you doing, Rochette?
6: I'm doing fine. How are you? I am
4: great. I'm great. So what are you studying here?
6: I am studying social work concentration.
4: A very important field. Yes. A very important field. So what do you like about being a community college student, Rochette?
6: I like the personal vibe of it. I like the smaller classes. I actually like knowing my teachers' names. Um, I like the progress of them actually seeing the journey with me. Cause I do get teachers asking like, you know, how 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 are you in this class? You know, cause a lot of the classes here play off each other. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of the times you may have the same teacher just for a different class, and a lot of them tell you like, you know, this teacher really don't like this, or they they actually give you kind of help to help you na- navigate because every teacher teaches different here.
4: That's right. So yeah.
6: it's kind of like one person' customs may be different. Some people may not be fond of you showing up to class late, while others may. Be like you know just do your work so I, I I like the the realism of it you know this is definitely they take it seriously and I think if you put in the hard work you can succeed here
4: so what I hear you' saying is kind of a balance between realism but uh, high expectations right yes
6: the, yeah the expectation is there but it's like they won't you know they can't they can only do so much for you you have to do you have to want to do do what you want to do to get what you want to get out of it. So I notice with teachers, if you basically, if you need help, they will help you. But if you show no lack, you know, you, you really, the fault is really on you. Because the support is here. I had teachers emailing me on, you know, on a weekend ask me, you know, well, do this over. Don't submit this because you can get a better grade by doing this. I've seen the problem here. So I think the support system at Owens is, Owen is very good. But I think it, it depends on the student. You right. know, and I, and I like the fact that a lot of the students here are actually older. They have, like, real-life circumstances. Some of them are parents, divorced, single parents. It's like they really, the, the instructors here are really are on the journey with you. So I, I think if you put in the effort, you you can get um, a definitely good positive vibe out of them. This is my first time in a college. I came here in 2016, and my lowest GPA has been 37 so, Phenomenal You're yes. knocking it out Yeah I know I'm a first great. generation college student So it, it's I've been breaking down barriers here So you know I have about a year left And then I'll be on my way to UT And I've been taking All the general education classes I need That way when I transfer UT I will be saving a lot more money And I will been took all the classes That they That will transfer to them So I'm saving time and money at Owens But it's like It's definitely A type of atmosphere Like if you put in the work You will have support behind you so, that's, you know.
4: That's phenomenal. I I love that. So, before you came here, before you came to a community college, did you hear anything negative or bad about community colleges? Well,
6: no. I you know, uh I didn't even know anybody here. And I was just like, you know, I was working in retail. I was a a, a single mom. And I'm like, I just wanted to change. And I'm kind of glad I came to Owens because I really didn't know nobody. So it's really I didn't have a negative influence to have me fail. I was like a fish out of water. I didn't really know anything. And I came in at 25. So basically being an older student. So my focus was you have to be disciplined. You have to take it seriously. And I think every semester I really broke down barriers, barriers because the you know, the odds was was against me, you know, and I had people was like, you know, it was too late, but it really it's not too late, you know. So I, I'm glad I came and I'm glad that I was in an atmosphere where I had to get to know people and I had to let them get to know me that way they can help. Because I think a lot of time with students, especially with barriers, they don't want to ask for help because they feel like they are defeated. But I think you can only grow. And when you don't know something, that is a room where you can be challenged. And when you are challenged, you can actually better yourself. So sometimes I think some students are just scared, you know, they don't want to fail. You know, you won't always get that A in that class. But if you do your hard work, I think you can pass a class. So I look at it like that. Don't try to be overachieved because sometimes it's just about retaining the information and, and going forward. Every class is not meant to master because every instructor teaches differently. So I think once you have a realistic, you know, expectation, you can really go far here.
4: Well, and you are breaking down barriers. And I just got to say, I find what you're saying so inspirational. I'm really proud of you.
6: Thank you. I really am. I'm
4: so glad that you're here. And um, so if there were students who were considering a a community college or going off to college thinking uh, about community college as an option, what would you tell them?
6: I would tell them to take a visit talk to, you know, advisors, uh, actually talks to students, because you will catch people, students in the hallway, and most of them will talk to you, and they'll give you their experience, but I think you have to look for what are you, what do you really want out of this? Do you really want to stay here a semester, or are you will be here for a year? Because some students will come just to pass a course and go on, others where, like me, transfer students, so you're going to have to say, I'm going to have to put myself in a mindset, you know, because real stuff happens Mm -hmm. outside these doors. So you have to be like, if this is going to be a long-term thing or at least above a year, I have to take it seriously. Mm -hmm. I have to get a support system around you because if you do not, it's one thing if you don't have a support system outside these walls, but if you don't have a support system in these walls, you will have a more odd of not being as successful. So you have to come up with the you know, realistic expectation that you have to have a support system and there are support system here. And some people may not need as much support as others. Some people may just need someone to talk to them, ask them how their day going, or some people may need more of an academic team. So it really is just, you, you come to terms that it's okay that you don't know something, you know, and, and and I think me talking and being honest, I was able to go every semester, you know, and being able to, to succeed. And I think some semesters were harder after I get out of Um, In my major classes, they have been getting harder. But I think when you're challenged, you know you're supposed to be here.
4: Yeah. Well, listening to you talk, you say something I think that is so important. And that is when you're shopping for a college, Mm -hmm. you're not just shopping for a name. You're shopping for a set of support structures. Right. That's what I heard you say. And what I I also heard you say, that you found them at a community college.
6: Oh, yes, definitely. And, you know... I don't know. I would just. I I think I remember seeing an ad on TV, and I was like, I always wanted to go to Owens. I was like, if, you know, because at first when I when I did graduate high school, I am like, it's college, just not for me. You know, I didn't really have a lot of. Pe- I had people in my family go to college, but it's like I didn't really see that. Oh, people just they just went to work. So I felt like I had to put the notion in my head that I can do it. So it's feel like when you really don't have a lot of people in that type of situation, you kind of get a biased view. But I had to come and see it for myself. It's not that bad. You can do it. You know, I, You know, and I feel like with these, these realistic barriers I had, you know, behind me, it is kind of scary. So I had to feel like you kind of have to just just jump into it. And I feel like the fact is I jumped into it with real ex- expectations. I didn't take more classes than I should have. You know, I started with two, then the next semester I started with three, and now I'm at four. So I always try to manage my time because I think time management is really important here, mm-hmm. and every semester I was able to succeed. But it was not without the help and support that Owen's offered because it's, it gets stressful. This is like at the halfway point, and this is where really this is determines whether you will pass or fail a class. So I think, you know, having a support system and being realistic of what you want to get out of here, if you want to be a D student, then you could be a D student. If you want to be an A student, you can be an A student. But if you want a person that really wants to actually pass a class and actually really put in an effort, it really wouldn't matter because the grades would show. So I I would just tell someone, just be realistic of what you want and don't go off uh, of a negative view. Go off the fact that you can succeed if you want to. Life is about um lessons and I think you know over the time you know when I started here I didn't even have a job you know I lost my job you know and now you know I just got another job and it was it helped me in communication I had to take an interpersonal communication class and basically that's about you know dialogue with people being able to to talk and navigate Mm -hmm. you know conversation and I think that class helped me because I do work in currently retail and I deal with a diverse type of customers and you have to know body language, you you know, and culture does matter. And I like about Owens's I see a lot of diversity. I didn't have, you know, students from Africa, you know, um, Lebanon, you know, and I just think people, even regardless of your bears or not, when you're in a classroom, you're all on an equal playing field. No matter, you know, your socioeconomic status when you're in a classroom, that's how I feel like inst- instructors teach. Everybody's on the lane, same playing field and you either you either want to get the education or you don't.
4: Well, and it's clear that you do. And you <laughs> threw yourself in there. And Rochette, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank it was you fantastic. for having me. Absolutely. Well, that's it for Episode 4 of the Hashtag End CC Stigma Podcast Project. I hope you've enjoyed hearing the voices of our many allies who are working to end the stigma against community colleges through social media. If you missed the previous three episodes, they can be easily found on our landing page at endccstigma.org. That's E-N-D-C-C-S-T-I-G-M-A. Org. Stay tuned for future episodes as we are producing a total of six segments with the same format throughout Community College Month. This podcast is produced, recorded, and engineered by Steve Robinson, president of Owens Community College in Ohio. My Twitter handle is at OCCPresident. The theme music is Make Your Dream Reality by Scott Holmes of scottholmesmusic.com and is licensed through Creative Commons. Until next time, please push back against inaccurate and unfair characterizations of community colleges. Share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and use the hashtag EndCCStigma as we focus our efforts and attempt to change the conversation. Thanks for listening.